Hello and welcome to episode six of the Sophie Lee podcast. Today I'm chatting with Nina Gox, a motherhood photographer from the UK and a wonderful friend of mine. We are actually just doing a Q&A today. So thank you for submitting questions via our Instagram poll and I hope you enjoy listening to the answers. Hi, beautiful Nina. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thank you, my friend. How are you? Yeah, so good. So nice to have you on here. We have had many a chat, a few lives, a few, a few, what are they called? Clubhouses? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and, um, and they've always been so popular. So I knew, I definitely knew that I wanted to get you on here to chat a little bit further. But for those who don't know you, which I'm sure will be few, could you just do a little intro about who you are, where you're from and what you do? Yeah, so my name's Nina Gox. I'm from London, UK, and I'm a sort of, I suppose, emotive um, motherhood photographer. I um, specialise in super intimate motherhood moments between bump and baby and mum and then, but also couples as well, because it's a preset for parenthood. So yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Absolutely. <laughs> And I, I know that you're going to be doing a little, you've been doing some elopements and smaller weddings and things like that too. So beautiful. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just my jam. I kind of feel like my, my life um is what kind of is my photography as well. Like my, my relationship is so important to me as, as is my parenthood journey myself. Um, And I feel like that started probably the same time my relationship started when I was like 15. So, you know, it's all part of it. I've wanted babies since then. Um, you know, so it's, so yeah, what I, what I love in my life is what I, what I do in my work. Yeah. So beautiful. So the way that we're going to run this today, we put up a few questions on the gram and there's things mm-hmm. that um, my audience wanted us to both sort of answer and touch on. So I'm just going to flick through them. Are you ready? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. This is how we're going to do it. Cause that's how we roll. So I'm just going to shoot off. <laughs> questions and you can just um answer in the best way you can and we can just have a chat about each topic so to get us started the first question is from Jen and it says do you ever have pre-shoot anxiety or post-shoot anxiety when it didn't go well oh do you know what this is so interesting because I think um I always have had that little kind of that little like heart fluttering moment of like I just want this to go well for my client Mm. um but it's sort of, I suppose it eases off. It's really, I, I think that there's a, a level of security that I have within my work that doesn't necessarily mean that I feel the need to, to worry about the, my ability to produce with my client. Um, the only time I ever feel a little bit anxious, I suppose, is if I find that I've not quite connected with that client in the moment. And I think, oh, we're quite different people. And, you know, that, and that's normal. Um but the, then the anxiety of like, okay, can I keep the flow of this going? <laughs> and that's when it kind of comes in. Like, can yeah. I keep the chat going? Can I? Um, but and post you anxiety, no. Like, I don't. I I feel like the possibly it's time. Like, the longer that you've done something, the more kind of settled in what you create um, becomes, and the more refined that you are with your skills and your sort of confidence in them it's it's just not quite there anymore I don't know how do you feel about that Sophie yeah I agree I think it's definitely time I remember being very very nervous uh 
when I worked in the studios, I didn't feel as nervous. I think I felt like I always had this uh, soft falling. So if things didn't necessarily go to plan, it wasn't as if it was my name on the door. So I kind of have mm. had a bit of a youthful cockiness maybe um, during <laughs> those shoots, um, just being young and I don't know, just, yeah, didn't really didn't really get to me that much but however when I stood out on my own and I started my own business I got the nerves all over again which was unexpected but I felt like this is it now like if if someone's not happy it's my name it's my reputation it's up to me to show up as a person but also everything in the background so I guess uh it was a heavier load and Mm -hmm. yeah so it sort of felt like starting all over again and I did get nervous and then just that just wavered over time and now no the only thing the only and this is why I try and challenge myself to do new things regularly is because I love that feeling of getting nervous and getting butterflies which is yes I experienced that yeah so I experienced that big time you know earlier this year when I held my first retreat and I was driving up to that you know, accommodation of butterflies and arms and all of that good stuff, which made me realise that, yes, this is great. I'm coming out of my comfort zone again. Um, When I shot my first film, uh, things like that, when I recorded my first podcast, uh, it's just those things that kind of, yeah, you push through. But eventually it becomes just what it is. It's just something you're really comfortable with. And and I think, as you said, the, the knowing that you can produce so the evidence, creating the confidence and mm. helping you sort of ease in each time. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a you know, when you approach it from a perspective of like the first kind of year and a year and a half of my business was when I would feel that definitely like always felt that. And I was always ready to get home and just get the images uploaded so I can check that I had mm. what I needed. Um, You know, just that like even though I'm looking in camera, I'm still when I get home, I'm like, I just need to look. I need to see. I need to make sure this is OK. Um, Once that once you can begin to use that as your motivation to create that every time, um, the it sort of slips away, I suppose, on a daily basis, but then you seek it, like you say, you seek it in your retreats or your podcast or your, you know, whatever the new adventure is, you kind of, you, because you know that it's good motivation, you seek it out um, in future, in future endeavours <laughs> to push you yeah. along a bit. And I think that's important to, to note because I think people are so like desperate to get rid of the nervousness, but it's not, if you channel it correctly, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I think the anxiety or the nervousness just shows that you really care, which shows that you're doing the right thing, um, which shows that you will be, um, I mean, it's kind of like a triggering of adrenaline, isn't it? So you are hyper aware and you're going to be really noticing what you're doing. But I think if if it is getting to a point where it's kind of hindering, maybe even the first 20 minutes of a session, then just trying to take some time before a shoot and calming yourself back down and giving yourself a little pep talk you know yeah your little pre-shoot rituals (laughs) things that you need yeah so this question is for you names um it's just about presets so um mountaintop films wants to know do you use presets to edit if so which presets have you tried and which are your favorite yeah so i i do i have only really used i've like tried out a few um like the sort of smell like presets I guess quite the ones that like they're kind of most common I suppose um but I the ones I love are Archipelago presets Mm. um 
I use them on all of my work and love them. Um, but they're a good basis to kind of refine and edit. Um, I've had a few of my uh, mentor clients that have said to me, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm anxious. I don't want to use presets. I really want my edit to be my own. Um, I don't want to rely on something else. And I think that this is where we put too much on ourselves to be like every single aspect of our business. Like we, you know, we expect ourselves to be a photographer and an editor and a preset creator and a color grader and every single thing, um, which are all amazing skills to own. But when when you can have something that gives you like a, a good color basis to work off of and create your own from, you just take off that. I, guess, I suppose to me, it's a little bit like outsourcing is it's giving something to somebody who does it professionally mm. um, and finding your your thing of that. So um, for me, Archipelago have been the, the presets that I find like tonally suit my work the most. They suit my my eye so I find the the satisfaction of the the colors that um that come from them I think that that's that's the what's most important to me would be the color because I, I everything else I think is quite easy to adapt um so yeah that's uh that's that I, I pretty much use three of their packs but I I have most of them um and they sort of sit there unused and so I think that's something to remember about presets is that you might buy <laughs> 20 different sets before you find one where that really resonates with you um but yeah I, yeah like I said I suppose it's a little bit of an outsource <laughs> a really really nice way to put it actually I, I've never really thought about it like that specifically but I think yeah just off it's yeah it is it's partially offloading a job and and as long as I feel sometimes when people have resistance, it's because they don't want to feel like they've copied or done the same thing as someone yeah. else. Um, whereas if that is not, uh, obviously, if you feel uncomfortable about that, then that's not your intention. So I feel like yeah. without intention, that won't happen anyway. So if you are going through every single person's work and going, okay, well, everyone I like uses this one preset, so I'm going to buy it because I want my work to look like theirs then you're probably going to come up against it kind of looking like someone else's. Whereas if you find mm -hmm. some tones that work really well with your eye and you're happy to go ahead and tweak and find your flow with it, then I think that's fine. Yeah, I think it's good to learn first. Like it's good to good to dabble in Lightroom and, and, and Photoshop and learn um, learn how to alter, you know, what happens when you use every every aspect of it to alter an image. Um but ultimately, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a workflow, an ease of workflow to create a preset or or have a preset that you've tweaked or just have one that works on your work at a base level. Um, I think they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's heaps of room to go outside, like outside of using the preset as a base. I feel because sometimes you know I've created a preset for my studio, and sometimes I do nothing to it and sometimes I yeah. tweet and I mean there's room to move so it doesn't have to always end exactly. up looking like everyone else's um okay so we have a question I love this question um which considering now that you're pregnant it's very relevant so the question is um I guess it's tips on navigating a creative business while pregnant maternity leave etc and then there's some some notes here it says hormones motivation focus so I guess the question is how do you stay motivated and focused 
I suppose for me, pregnancy and photography just go hand in hand. Um, like it's what I what I love to do, but it's also what propelled me into my business in the first place. So it's been, if anything, motivation um for me to continue on. Um, I I know the the transition and the sort of catastrophic evolution in life that pregnancy and birth brings so it sort of motivated me to like hanker down and be healthy and strong and like stay physically capable for my clients but um you know for myself too because I know that creativity is my fuel in motherhood so as tiring as it has been it's sort of another stage of life that is it just ties in nicely with what I do like I I think it's um because because I started my business between my first pregnancy and and this one I have um I haven't had that kind of that connection to my clients of like most of the time I'm meeting parents and um we we get each other on the parent level but being pregnant alongside my clients has definitely if anything just given me an an, a deeper connection to them during the shoot um and it sort of reminded me to focus back in on things like my my pregnancy yoga teacher training which is something that I did a few years before and to draw back onto that for posing and prompting and and remembering how it feels within myself to to be this like you know this different weight and this different like level of balance and all the stuff that that pregnancy brings along to the body that's just so so um unique but I think the main thing for me is that I refuse to allow um I refuse to run with the narrative basically that pregnancy is part of life where you should just carry on as normal um I don't I just think that it's such a shit part of society that we've sorry I don't know (laughs) let me not swear again (laughs) um that you know I think it's I think it's just important to remember that this is something that your body is doing and it's hard work and it's a lot and it's physically and mentally and hormonally challenging um and that's time to ask for help because I want my business to remain as as it is for as long as possible throughout my pregnancy that was always my aim so therefore I made sure that I picked up on the other side of things like okay I've got a lot of shoots this weekend I'm going to be tired let's get you know, my dad in to come and play with my son for a few hours to take that pressure off. Or I have, I bring, you know, if I've got to drive down to the beach, which is the little, it's a minimum of an hour for me anytime I go to the beach. So my husband and son come along, my husband does the drive and they get an hour and a half at the beach and I get to not have to drive and not have the emotional or sort of physical exhaustion of that side of things. So, um, it's a balance to create to create um the the sort of longevity of of the business within the pregnancy yeah and it's really hard to preempt isn't it because every pregnancy is so different so if for instance you had your sessions already booked and before you were pregnant or maybe your pregnancy was going really well and then it starts to get harder and you just kind of didn't foresee that happening um I think what you're saying is so true it's just actually understanding that what your body is going through and it's okay yeah. to set boundaries and limitations and I feel this exact same way about the menstrual cycle and work yeah um, uh, it is for, for long uh, the whole you know ever since I was um, a pre-tween and 
that started happening. It was just the thing that was happened in silent and you were supposed to just put your little new phone in your, in your bag and off you went and you acted like nothing was happening. And I think that's exactly what women are expected to do with so many things to do with our bodies. And what I'm learning is I, as I, as I get older, I'm just more in touch with who I am and my body and allowing myself to have that time and knowing and understanding my cycle much better and knowing even down to when I should make decisions for my business to do with my cycle. And yes. So yeah, good. so yeah, very. And it's I remember I think it was like a couple of years ago, um, because I remember it was always the running joke with my husband. He's like, You just don't even know when you've got your period, babe. Like you're just so level. It's like because when you met me, I was on the pill. <laughs> like, of course I yeah, was God. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I, I I went off the pill when we first started trying to have a baby and I've never been on it since. And and yeah. I just turned around to him one day and I just said, I am sick freaking pretending that this doesn't affect me. Yeah, like, absolutely. He said that to me one day. I just kind of was like, oh, okay, well, I better not make it known. It's so wild. And I just said, I you think know as, what? Tweens and, yeah, as tweens and teens, we're kind of pushed into this like discreet zone of like everything's so discreet like pop it in your handbag so discreet like you say it's and that's how it's advertised like periods are sold to us like that and I think and it's exactly the same with pregnancy it's like you know like it's almost like right the you know suffragettes fought for for women to have the same rights as men um so therefore we have to continue our lives like we're men too and it's like no actually like we're women thank you (laughs) we we do very different things and our bodies are very different and even modern science is mostly based off of men's bodies and um, women's bodies are significantly less um uh, uh investigated I suppose is the word yes. I've been reading some really interesting literature about this kind of stuff and the 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 cycles of women's bodies through the medical system and I suppose it's why I'm so like I say like why I refuse to allow that narrative to run within my life so um I'm going to be more tired and I'm going to be more (laughs) achy and I'm going to be more hormonal and I'm going to own it as part of this part of life and honor it. Um, And so therefore I need more support. Like I think, um, you know, people have said to me, they're like, oh, how are you still shooting? How are you still shooting? Because I'm 34 weeks now. Mm. And they're like, oh, I just don't know how you're doing it and whatever. And I'm like, well, it's my husband's baby too. So my husband is working more in the evenings than he would be on my days off so that he can be more supportive of me during my days off or my shooting days because it's more t- more work for me right now. But it's also more work for him because it's his child as well. <laughs> so yeah. therefore yeah. I find that, we make it work and it's and it's been it's been yeah and it has been more it has been more tiring it's been more pressure on both of us but it's because it should be agreed and I think if you do not verbalize it if you do not have those discussions everybody just assumes you're fine so it's taking the responsibility to say I am tired because no one is in your head so you are going to have to be the one to come and not just say I'm tired you have to then ask for what you need and that's something I've gotten a lot better at after having my first I was very much I can do this I can do this and then it was the second nearly broke me and then if we were going to have that third baby uh, we had massive discussions about that 
and our whole life changed, our whole setup changed. You know, I, I ditched it, like, as you said, I ditched the narrative that, you know, I was super mum and I had to do it all my all on my own and, you know, all the images of pregnant people on TV doing yoga and putting their, like, legs behind their head. I was like, that's just not me. I'm sorry, but it's not me. I'm not full of energy. I'm not running marathons still. Like, this is affecting me. I'm tired. I have a sore back. Like, and we made massive shifts and, and have continued to not just in pregnancy, but in child rearing, like actually doing the running around has, has so much more shared. So, but yeah, understanding that it's, it's not just on you, it's not just your child and you need to verbalize exactly what you need. And really specifically, you know, babe, I'm tired. I need you to X, Y, Z you know yes calling exactly a yeah. I feel like this so I really need you to do this for me can you or can you not and yeah and one of the other things is that like my business is so important to me like so so important to me and creating these images for people is so important to me and it and as I've said earlier like it fuels my my motherhood journey it fuels my um my ability to stay centered within motherhood so to lose to to sort of have to keep up on like say my husband's side of things in order to and then like allow my business to suffer because of that it's like I'm not I'm just not going to do that I'm going to make sure that my business can stay as as good as it is um as far along as it can be because um because I owe that to myself and my business like I I want that so I'm going to I'm going to pursue that and the pregnancy aside um, that's where I'm going to seek the help is to make sure that the pregnancy is the part of me that's 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 struggling more because of the pregnancy is cared for so that I can continue to care for my business in the way that I want to and um, I think it's easy to make excuses or kind of see it as like a or, or use it as a way to sort of be like oh I haven't been able to do so much because I'm pregnant and it's like that's fine that's absolutely fine but what ways in your life could you make other changes so that you can give as much to the pregnancy and the business and yourself without without struggling more yeah absolutely oh it's just so much isn't it <laughs> yeah it is yeah it is. I was just reading it that is. comment and I'm just thinking I can just imagine how she's feeling you know and I just think you know yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot and I think as women we take on a lot anyway um but I think yeah the the further along I go that's one thing I've learned for sure um, and also not being afraid to, you know, say to people, can you do this, yes or no? It's fine either way, but I'm going to get help regardless. So if it's not you, it'll be someone else. Um, yes. And, <laughs> you know, the best thing that I ever did was find a babysitter that I could pay <laughs> and feel yeah. I didn't have to make any excuses to this person as to why I wanted them. You know, when I, when I had the two kids, so two under two, which is, I think, is almost what you're facing in a hot minute, isn't it? Very close in age. Um, so I had the two and I just, you know, my husband was at work, both grandparents were just not available. And I rang the babysitter and I said, at what time could you be here today? She said, oh, I can be there in an hour. I've got the day off. She walked in and she's like, what are you up to? And I said, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I just, I just went to bed. <laughs> And I slept for Good. like three hours and I got up oh. like, I'm going to go for a walk. And when I come back, you can go. And I just paid her for like five hours of babysitting. And that was what I needed. Yeah. Otherwise it was like, yeah. Oh yeah. I just did it. I'm like, you know what? If I don't, I'm probably going to fall asleep on the lounge and someone's going to fall out a window. So it's better yeah. <laughs> that I spend this money right now. I see it. I saw it as a great investment. So, um, yeah. 
having as much help or information as possible. So that's all right. Um, okay, next question. Advice on creating meaningful movement without losing connection when posing. Okay. Um, so I find this to be my main source of posing, like my main um, focus in posing and, and connection in my photography is all about micro movement, like these sort of sensual um soft ways that we can encourage our clients to move that not only create like a dynamic aspect within their gallery but also encourage them to connect in a way that they might not be physically um sorry that they might not be emotively feeling but physically the appearance is there Mm. um so for me it's it's mostly about the hands the hand placement of the um, the parents or uh, whatever um, but that's usually my go-to focus is where's your hands what are they doing how softly are they doing it and how can I get them to move at the same time so I think this is another thing so I got, I did get asked about like um, posing in small spaces and I think this is another thing that ties into this is that having those micro movements not only create like a like I said like a a diversity within their gallery but it also creates a connection but it gives you something for your client and you to focus on that brings emotiveness to the scene so if you've got like mum and dad facing each other and they're holding their toddler in the middle um there's not there's you know there's 10 five or 10 images you can gain out of that right like just in that few seconds before the toddler wants to get down or whatever but to create a bit of movement and diversity within that I you know this simplest thing is to have dad like really softly with one hand on the baby and then the other hand is just really lightly right with one finger stroking along mum's jawline his Mm. you I'm gonna ask him for his hand to be really soft really gentle like he's not even moving her skin he's barely touching her like just the you know just grazing past her jawline and it's those the sort of sensuality of that moment that he might be feeling like, oh gosh, why am I doing this? But he yeah. doesn't look like he's feeling that way. He looks like he's so in love with his his partner and he's stroking her jaw and in, in affection. Um, so then in the same in exactly the same scenario, I want mum to kind of ignore that in a way, and I want her to focus on the baby. And maybe she's really like gently tickling the baby to get a little bit of a giggle out of it. And then instead of having sort of this moment of where they're just kind of holding the baby before the baby gets down, I've got maybe more like even 20 to 30 images that I can create out of that one like sort of five seconds of time where mm. that we have, that window, because of that small movement. And then I think sometimes as well when you give somebody a really small movement like that to to use, they then – they then kind of bring it out of the pose. So as maybe as baby starts to want to get down, like mum will pull the baby in closer for a second to give the baby a kiss. And then dad's hand naturally falls down onto her shoulder and holds her for a second. Um, and then you've got a close up to grab or you've got a far away shot or you've got something different to kind of focus in on as long as you're watching what they're doing very closely. Um, but yeah, my 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 main focus is absolutely always 
the hands and that's the movement that I go for because I'm not so worried about having these huge dramatic movement movements like the I don't mind a, a shot of like everybody kind of swinging around and or dancing or whatever but I, I think a lot of my clients are coming to me for those really intimate moments so the sensuality of the smallest movements is is where I'm at yeah I agree I um sometimes you know if the kids are naturally running around and jumping up and down or sometimes I'll get them to run around the parents but it's more so almost releasing energy (laughs) I'm more interested in what happens when they scoop them back up so I think that's a really good um way to describe it because I think when I read that question I think you know, sometimes when you think about movement in an image, you instantly think of the big movements. Uh, yeah. Whereas when you start to direct the small things, they can turn into big things or different things. But as you said before, maybe the dad isn't feeling it in the moment, but I find that they usually end up feeling it. So mm-hmm. if I get, say, for instance, you know, if I'm doing a shot of mum and dad and I get him to just like hold her neck or hold her cheeks mm-hmm. or something, you know, they'll start to giggle. But then a moment later, they're having that moment that I hoped for. So it's just yeah. guiding them into it gently and and understanding that, you know, it might go somewhere, it might not, but not as being attached to the outcome, just letting just letting it unfold and not thinking about it as they have to, you know, do these huge swinging things, but just, yeah, a, a, something to do. I think it's more about the tasks of like, okay, now, do, now that you're all standing there, you know, and they look at you, what do I do now? Yeah. Give them a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think everyone loves a job. I think it's really they um, do. You can over direct because when we are standing in front of a camera or just walking in anywhere for the first time, it's like tell me what to do so I know what to do. Yeah, and this is it. And I think this is something like that, especially with maternity work, that really can shift a gallery. Um, so I, I know that in the beginning of my creating maternity shoots, I would deliver a lot less images because I didn't have the pool of like small um movements and 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 encouraging my client into a sort of central moment with themselves that to kind of give that really beautiful like all around like full gallery but I'm I'm just as an example I'm thinking you know imagine if you've got mum sat on the beach she's sitting there she's got her hand one hand on top of her bump one hand on the bottom like sure you can create a few images from that and they're going to be amazing but if you create if you get her to with one hand just really really gently move her hair back and forth from behind her ear and then bring it back out and then back behind the ear and back out um or you know I just think that that moment you've got a little bit of breeze that might come in that blows the hair around you've got her tucking it back you've got as she drops her head forward you've got her tucking it back again like there's there's this little tiny adjustments that create these really beautiful, really um, poised sort of moments within these movements. Um, and then I suppose there's the comfortability factor of I encourage my maternity clients to close their eyes if I want them to start to do something. So I start them off with the eyes closed and then I'm like, right, okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to really gently with like with your middle finger, just keep your hand really soft. Like imagine you're a woman in a Renaissance oil painting and you're just going to sort of stroke across your chest with one finger, shoulder to shoulder. Um, 
if she's feeling slightly uncomfortable or she's feeling a little bit watched, I'm like, so just close your eyes, take a deep breath and then just guide that finger like back and forth from shoulder to shoulder. And it's not necessarily that I'm wanting a particular outcome from that. It's just that it's a movement that draws her into herself, that makes her think about her body, makes her think, Mm. makes her kind of go internal and then I'm going to say, you know, on the next one, just open your eyes and, and stare up towards the sky or wherever her face is or look down towards your left knee. Um, and then I can get that closed eyed sort of really peaceful moment. But then I can get her with her eyes open again. And she's already feeling more comfortable because she's kind of had that moment to herself um, and doesn't feel that the movement felt so kind of rigid and strange because somebody's watching you do it. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that's definitely my that's my focus with maternity again is just making sure those hands are doing something soft and gentle um and and getting them to to interact with themselves mm, so it's so powerful a moment breathing with your eyes closed for anyone in any situation is so valuable I think we all can calm ourselves down so quickly and connect inward by doing that. So if you can get people to do that at a session, I even get kids to do that. I get my own kids to do that all the time. And now when I'm having an argument or, you know, a stern word with my son, he stands there, closes his eyes and he goes, (sighs) (laughs) and I'm like, good breathing before you say something. He still generally will tell me how he feels about me, but it's just such a skill. It's such a skill, yeah. you know, if people can breathe before they speak. Wouldn't we be in a better world? Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, just that that time of just going, right, you know, and I'll, I do that same thing quite often too, um, especially if it's a couple and there's no kids to kind of distract them uh, if they are feeling yes. a little bit nervous. I'll photograph mum first and then if I get him to come over and I'm feeling like there's a bit of nervous energy, then, yeah, I'll just sort of get them to to do that sort of stuff or I'll just tell yeah, them like just feel resting their foreheads like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just resting their foreheads together and taking a deep breath together whether it's a mum and baby or whether it's a partner and a, you know a couple or whoever it is um it's very centering and it's also a, it's it's a movement in itself like it just is um uh yeah and you're catching the fallout like you said I think the fallout of the pose is always way more important than the than the guidance that you put in in the first place because usually the the first couple of times they're doing something they're doing it a little bit rigidly and then they fall into it and then they fall out of it and you've got a sort of something to capture along that whole journey of that just that few seconds of time the fallout of the pose is the good it's the gold (laughs) this question ties in a little bit to how what we were just talking about it's from Rachel and it says how to get emotional, interesting photos from awkward, stiff clients. And a follow on to that is um, when she is not an emotional or serious person, she feels like she jokes too much to create the images that she loves. I find so, this really interesting. Yes, I, do I, I, I'm interested to yeah. see because I've got some, yeah. So many people, I think, they think that a session, like a, an emotive photographer, and if they're clicking on somebody's um, portfolio and they're seeing a lot of connected, intimate images, that they're feeling that the in every session 
feels exactly like that and that the baby wasn't actually struggling to get away or you know all of those kind of things and it's like no you still do have an hour to create something and you have your own character and you're bouncing off of the character of the client in front of you um and if you're a jokey person like if you're the type of if you're that type then that's how you pull the intimacy from the photo like having your clients do something silly whilst asking them to keep like a completely straight face and then sort of watch them fall into each other and giggle and and maybe they'll go in for a little kiss and they'll have a little moment within themselves but it came from your your kind of jokey way of of creating um I think there's no right or wrong way to do it but you don't have to be serious to produce depth and you don't have to be emotional in the moment to create an image that portrays emotion and not a lot of toddlers are going to be so relaxed and at ease during a shoot that they'll completely get into like a state of emotion with mum that they do when you're there alone together laying in bed at night cuddling up and drifting off to sleep it's just not necessarily how it's going to be in the time they feel watched and they feel like they want to explore the environment and there's so much to do and so much to look at that they might not connect in that same way so getting your kind of like jokey light-hearted way of being to kind of bring them out of that and and um remembering I think like if you remember that mum is a safe space for baby or dad is a safe space for baby and you focus on mum's um intimacy and then you'd kind of use your playfulness to evoke emotion in the baby you can get mum to be really soft and really deep and really emotional and you're like just stare into the baby's eyes or like rest your head down on the baby's head and just really like give a big deep breath and then you're standing there singing baby shark waving your arms around and the and the baby's looking at you and it might be confused at first and then it might smile and then it might like sort of hug into mum like shyly and you get all these little emotions out of it but you've sort of already given mum the intimate prompt and then you use your natural kind of playfulness to bring something out of the baby or something out of dad or whatever it is but there's just it's there's no wrong way to be and I think if you're a jokey person um but you still want to create intimacy that's so entirely possible you just have to figure out who's your focus for the jokiness and who's your focus for the intimacy or um or how can you pull intimacy from funny moments like it's you know more often than not when me and my husband have like a, a laugh together and we we're giggling about something we we end up all over each other and so you know, I, I just don't, I don't know. I think it, that's probably just takes a little bit of refining of your um, use of your natural, your natural being, state of being to, to create within your session. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too, because I find humor to be one of the most intimate um, yeah. emotions to share between people. And it also breaks down so many barriers. I use humor so much, particularly with the dads. I find humour is one of the best ways to um, break barriers with, with men and especially, you know, they're so unsure, what am I doing here, what's, what's about to happen, what's this lady going to tell me to do and um, 
I often sometimes use humor when they get out of the car and I'm like, okay, so what did you guys argue about? Like we all argue on the way to a shoot. Like how did it go? What did, what was your topic of choice? Did someone forget the shoes? Did someone, and usually they're just like, look at each other and go, oh my God, like is she psychic? And I'm like, no, it's just what happens whenever you have to get somewhere on time with children in tow. Like, and then I'll say, you know, I've got three and then he'll go, wow, you're insane. And, and then that's kind of how we, break the ice, especially if I don't know them. So humour is just such a beautiful way to put people at ease. And then I think after the humour is used to get everyone comfortable, you can back right off. And because you've held the session with humour and fun, when you stop talking, they feel comfortable and pull back and go, all right, guys, now I just want you to just kind of, you know, and give them some gentle prompts and then start to go quiet particularly with children if you've been quite high energy I love to change from high energy to really quiet with kids because I love to get the different reactions and that's how I get a layered um, emotion out of uh, you know one shot is exactly what you said just going totally crazy and then just going totally quiet and that's I find that's the best the best mix absolutely and you know if you're preparing for that as well if you're if you're already aware that you're going to get so much out of this one pose um by allowing it to deconstruct itself um but if you've given a good if you've given a good kind of prompt in the beginning so like I said like if you've got mum and dad both leaning in towards the baby and they've both got their eyes closed and they're having a deep breath and they're just centered on that moment of like really like absorbing up their little baby and then you're the one playing playing silly in front of the baby to get the baby to look at you even if the baby's not laughing or whatever um your your the humor aspect of it is exactly what's encouraging the the kind of intimacy of the shoot it's uh it's really interesting I like it's interesting to think that people um that people feel so differently about how their how shoots are created because I think if you follow along if you went to a shoot along say for example with a, with one of your favorite photographers I think you'd probably be quite surprised about how they run it mm-hmm. and how they create those emotive shots because every single one of them is going to be entirely different like every single photographer is so so different as a person um and how they pull that from their shoot is going to be so unique and it's it's interesting to to look at somebody who does emotive work and to assume that they must be this really deep serious emotive person during their shoots because I bet you it's probably not the case they're probably just still rolling around on the sand doing something silly in order to get the baby to laugh most of the time yeah absolutely and I think back to that as well when I do um self-portraits with my own kids I mean come on do you want to join the mayhem of that one (laughs) you know that's why um I find the behind the scenes and like you know outtakes of of those are always so fun to share because when you see the end result you just assume that every frame is like that and it just absolutely is not and we are really capturing the in-between moments and you know it's as much as you know my husband going out outside so the kids can see him through the window so that they look out the window and then you know he disappears and they're looking where he is and then I quickly put my head on it their head and then it's like boom <laughs> you know we're talking milliseconds aren't we I mean it's milliseconds it really is like such a split second and such a short moment I think it's less about pulling back on the humor and and more about leaving your personality exactly where it feels comfortable and just choosing yeah. the timing choosing the timing exactly yeah. exactly yeah 
exactly that because you can't be anything else but yourself on a session like that's never going to feel natural yeah and I think also remembering that the, the shots that you see shared on people's portfolios is actually just such a micro cosm of their the entire gallery or the or their shoot you know the breadth of what they provide within a shoot um the intimate portraits might be 25 percent of a gallery at the end of it all um you know or less even or more um but there's you know there's still the the ones of mum and dad just playing um and the ones of the really candid moments and you know there's still all of that within so um yeah I suppose that's why I think like mentoring is so important as well because you can like for for example for me with my mentor packages it's like if you want me to just show you a couple of galleries I can because you're welcome to see like one of my clients just wanted to see some raw files of mine because she was like I just want a dose of reality what do your raws look like um you know or I just want to see like you always post such emotive images I really would love to see what a full gallery looks like and then they're like oh okay so it's not just that and it's like yeah absolutely not it's still you know there's still so much more to it um but yeah, you're right. I totally agree. If your natural personality is that kind of playfulness, then then you're you're using your authentic self is always going to be your best form of expression. Um, but you can use timing to to sort of propel that in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I have <laughs> a question here from Lavender Lullabies and she's asking, I love this question. I think it's so beautiful. Uh, do you find your feeling towards motherhood translates into your work? Um, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, for me, like motherhood is so intense and deep and all consuming and, uh, you know, that, the the, the, <laughs> creativity was led by the depth of what motherhood sort of like ripped out of me when I was when it came to my life because I I didn't expect as somebody who wanted a like I wanted a baby literally my whole life like I'm you know my mum will always say to me she's like oh yeah when you would like two you would sit there drawing babies um everything was always about babies and it always has been <laughs> and then I got pregnant and I had quite a sort of personally traumatic like birth and the the start of parenthood was just so it was just oh my gosh it was just crazy and I did not expect it to be so hard and so um intense and and you know I know that you probably most people will say this that that they you do you just have no idea the depth of love that you can kind of produce within yourself um so bringing that into your work just naturally it naturally occurs because you see it in the people that are in front of you if you're if you're shooting families and mothers um you know you know that they've all been through that experience of sort of that overwhelming all-consuming love um and it can it can just propel and fuel your work so much deeper I think even just the the longing for it like the longing for parenthood or the the wanting to be a mother one day or I don't think it has to be there I don't think I don't think that has to be the case at all for you in order for you to produce that kind of work but I think if it's something that means that much to you and it's part of your life or it's something you want to do in the future that it will guide you yeah absolutely I find that as my children get older my focus changes um when I had the two as um, my first eight got older, I just became 
more and more obsessed with the details because I'd realized mm -hmm. how quickly they change and everybody says that but until you've lived it it's it was a longing for those details to be captured more and mm -hmm. that's what, that was the point that I bought my macro lens and so that yeah. experience in motherhood drove me to master or you know continue to learn and master macros because I just felt like there was this insatiable you know feeling of of not being able to remember it all and wanting mm. to bottle it up and and go down to every you know even their their print on their on their feet um this desperation to go back and to savor and remember and that almost like a guilt because I yeah. had two babies essentially and there was so much I felt was just such a haze because they were so little together and I felt yeah and so that became a huge part of my work and it it continues to be guided by my own family and my own longing for things and I know now when I had my babies at home you know when I was had a four-month-old baby at home and I was rocking babies to sleep and I felt a real connection to the mothers because we were only a few months apart in my experience. However, yeah. now having, you know, my youngest is nearly three and I'm not having any more babies. And so there's this, uh, it's a different feeling and it's probably more intense. Um, mm. I quite often get teary at my newborn sessions now. Um, I get really <laughs> emotional when I watch people breastfeed. So mm. And, you know, they'll look at me and they're like, oh, my gosh, are you going to? I'm like, no, yeah, I probably will cry. Like I probably will because there's a chapter here that I now know that you have captured and yeah. parts of this that I didn't and you, you'll you love it. You'll love your gallery but when your son comes up to your shoulder and you dive back into that gallery, yeah, I feel like I am a part of that experience which I can almost write for you word for word now because I'm yeah. eight years out of that. Whatever this is, whatever hard, beautiful, straining, tiring, delicious time, I'm eight years away from it and I can't yeah. go back. No matter how much I would love to just for a moment, I can't. And that makes me emotional and it makes yeah. me more intense intense in those experiences perhaps in my vision um not necessarily in energy but just in my mind of like don't like don't forget anything yeah you know? yeah exactly that don't forget don't forget the little close-up of those pouty little lips that want you know yeah. that want to feed <laughs> yeah. um yeah, yeah. oh yeah. my god I, I think I feel it already and I can't imagine how it feels eight years in um because I already, you know, look through back at pictures or videos of my son and I'm like, ouch, like, ouch, mm -hmm. like, when did that happen? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when did you, when did you stop being that, that baby and start being this boy? Um, And yeah, the, the power of images to have for those, for those things. And like you say, for having two tiny ones or say having some real like deep post partum depression or something like that you know those kind of things that really do absorb so much of the time of when your babies are so small or, or when your toddlers or you know whatever um yeah like having those galleries I, I've had I have mums sometimes that say to me they're like I just feel quite insecure about myself and 
like I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about the images and, or they'll come back to me after and they're like, oh, I kind of wish I'd held my face slightly differently or I wish I'd stood slightly differently. Um, you know, and as much as those micro things matter to you now, it's when you look at the gallery in five years, 10 years time that you don't see that anymore and you just see the dimples in the hands and you just see the love in your face and you see the softness that postpartum brought to you. Um, you know, you don't look at yourself anymore like, oh my God, whose body is that? You look at, you look back at those images of your body and you think, wow, like, God, I, grew, I remember that time when I grew that baby. And I, so I look like that for a short amount of time after. And it's, um, it's just, yeah, they, they hold their weight in gold um, in the future and we get to we get to write those stories. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's interesting. So um, it absolutely is, and you know what you said about you know postpartum and and you know having you know struggles in that time. I remember there was a huge amount of time where I just forgot. I I mm-hmm. there's a section of time where I look at photos of particularly Lotus, uh, my middle one, and I just I can't picture pulling her out of cot looking like that because that was the time that was really dark and hard for me and it was um almost erased and so when I look at these photographs I just go I can't I just can't believe that if I didn't have these I wouldn't understand or wouldn't know that she looked like that for a time and it's just I think you you always think that your memory is going to be so wonderful and what it has shown me is that it is not at all because you only have the capacity for so much and because we are so intensely in this experience motherhood isn't something you just stand back and watch you are in it like just boots and all and you're up to your eyeballs in it every day and every memory and everything that you want to hold on to is just replaced by the next day's thing that you want to hold on to and we 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 keep little grains of it but we can't keep it all and i think that was probably one of those things that made me realize i'm not superhuman <laughs> i'm going to yeah. forget things i'm things are going to be erased i'm going to be busy trying to remember this next part you know i look at foxy's face and i just i can't even think of how much more beautiful he can get you know and every day yeah. i just look at him and i and i look at him from the side and from the front and i look at his <laughs> hair and i'm like this is as beautiful as you're ever going to get i want to just make sure i remember it all and then the next day and then another another month passed i'm like he just got more handsome you know and you you kind of you know rinse it off and replace it with that memory i guess is what i'm saying so having those images can really fill the gaps on what you really your intention is to remember but it's just not possible yes absolutely that yeah a hundred percent I remember crying when my son was small he used to make this face when he was a tiny baby and we used to call it a turtle face because he just used to do you know that like little stretch that they do and they pout their mouth out and their legs curl up and I remember crying and saying one day he's one day it will be the last time he does this and I don't know when that's going to be and I don't know which I don't know which time he's going to do that stretch that that will be that last time and I I still feel exactly the same way about those things like I like just you know when I look back at my son in the car and he does this little like doughy eyed face up at me and I think like one day he's just not going to do that face anymore <laughs> like, and it's and that that propels that absolutely propels the um 
the need to create memories for other people as well as yourself and I think that's why as a photographer you you know you know exactly the benefit of this as well is that as much as self-portraits are really amazing and important it's so important to also hire photographers to capture your your family too from an external perspective and have those 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 memories from from another angle and not from your own eyes all the time um yeah it's uh it's all it's all so necessary but it also gives you a feeling of how it feels from the other side (laughs) so much so much easier I love that once a year I do that and I just turn up and they're like where do you want to go so and I go no no you tell me yes (laughs) tell me where to be tell me what to wear you edit yeah. it. I'm going to think about it. It's so exactly. nice. And I think that experience that we do give and are able to facilitate, you know, being outside at a different time of day where you'd normally be doing dinner bath bed and, and sort of holding a family in that space of like, this is your permission to just be here right now with nothing else yeah. to do. And it's beautiful. I love it because that's exactly what you do, isn't it? You just, once you're there mm-hmm. and you've done all the prep and you go, right, we're here now. So now it's just time to just be. So yeah. Exactly if you are okay for one more question. Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I thought this was a sweet one to end on. Uh, it says, it's from Chloe Gibbon, uh, Chloe Gibbons, sorry. It says, if you could give one piece of advice to yourself when you first started your business, what would it be? This is, um, this is so interesting because I feel so a million miles away from it now, but so, so also mm-hmm. like it was so fresh. Um, why don't you, why don't you go? Oh, I'll have a think for a second. I would just, oh, I just would be really simple and, and concise and I would just say just trust the process. It's all, there's no race, there's no rush, just you, you know what to do. I think when I first started I doubted my decision-making a lot because mm. I got really caught up on I'm what I wasn't, not what I was. So I was very... I'm not a businesswoman. I'm not a marketer. I don't know business. I don't know money. I don't, I don't, I don't. But I, 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 need, I needed to lean into what I did know and trust myself and, and know that the thing I do know is people mm. and my business is, is a people business. And so I was always going to be fine because I feel like I'm a good listener and I can communicate. And the rest was just kind of, I don't know how to say it. It was yeah, try, trusting, trusting yourself is, is like, it's so, it's so difficult at the beginning. It's so difficult to just give that full, like, I can do this. Um, but when you, when you do, and when you do lean into everything that you can bring to, to your work, um, that's where you start to start to learn all of the good lessons because I think it's the reason I struggle with giving like one piece of advice for for something um for starting out something that's so can be so physically and emotionally so consuming and so powerful and something that you might have such a strong passion for is that um sometimes all of the crap stuff and all of the like the hard times or because I was going to say something like you know trust your vision but then sometimes the times when I didn't trust my vision and I allowed my client's vision to take over were actually the times that I learned to trust my vision like and because I had to go through the time of not you know of producing some work that was 
not what I necessarily would have wanted to do and then that you know that resettled me within what I do want to do so I guess trust trust is the ultimate lesson isn't it but you still have to go through I think it's just all there you know I it was the same I was like okay now I don't like really I don't really like shooting that and and I do like shooting this and all right I'm gonna say yes and no that's right I was right I I I didn't like that (laughs) and it's just (laughs) trust isn't it I think trusting the process trusting that you don't have to you know you don't have to be where someone else is and um and that you have everything that you need to get started because to get started you don't need much I don't think oh gosh yeah absolutely yeah. I remember yeah. looking at other photographers with like the huge amazing client wardrobes and and the 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 perfect edit that was super consistent across every single one of their pictures and thinking like wow like she's got it all <laughs> and being like you know where when how can I get there but actually you know when you when you reframe it in your mind of like instead of uh, how do I get there it's like well actually you know she got there and I want to get there, so I will, and that's how I'm going to do it. And I suppose that that trust in yourself is where, is what what fuels that fire of like I can do that. Yeah, having faith and having trust and just just going with it, and and letting yourself see. I guess hmm, interesting that we both said things that we did that we maybe didn't want to do, and it kind of confirmed. So I guess the outcome of that could have been, I knew it. I'm not good enough or it was what the reframe of okay cool I didn't like that yes that was right so now I'm not going to do it again or I'm going to do it differently so I think it's the way that you come out of those situations and seeing it seeing it as a learning opportunity instead of getting down on yourself um and making sure that yeah you you can turn it around and I think everything is just a it's just learning everything's just experience and it and it still is you know for me of course everything is doing this is you know how's this gonna go I don't know start (laughs) I don't know how to do it I'm recording this right now and I still don't know who's gonna edit it but I'm gonna work it out between now and people hearing it I would have worked it out (laughs) and I think it's just yeah let it you know I think that that whole idea that you sort of um spoke of you know she's got it worked out and I bet you she whoever she is is still thinking she doesn't have it worked out yeah honestly God, so much yeah and I think you know that yeah we 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 put things and people on pedestals and we didn't we fail to put ourselves on them sometimes and actually we're pretty awesome and we should put ourselves on a bit of a pedestal and and be proud of ourselves instead of this like self self deprecating kind of mindsets mm-hmm. um but there but it's all it's all hard and it's all part of the process um but yeah i i agree i feel i feel the same way right now about going into motherhood with two um and then how am i going to bring that into my business and bring my business back after um it's all brand new to me and it's a bit scary um but it's exciting and I think that's like the the emotion that I'm hanging on to is like wow this is such a this is going to be you know if 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 the start of parenting with one is anything like you know adding another one then it's going to be like catastrophic to my life and and then I'm going to have to piece it all back together and it's going to be interesting and amazing and I can't wait yeah yeah yeah, exactly just finding the joy in the challenges I think but I I don't know with mentoring I know that you do and I what I find a lot is 
people getting really, really super focused on one aspect and getting very upset that they haven't worked out this one thing but failing to realise all the things that they've already done. It's sort of... um, it's it's wild it's like okay well you got here to this point where this is now a problem you know um whether it be you know pricing or or whatever it is it's like well you have clients you did the hard thing you've learned how to use your camera you're taking beautiful photos and you know this one little thing is making you feel like you want to give up it's like look at everything else that you've already overcome to get to this point to be even thinking about this as an issue Um, yes I think when you work on your own so if you're working in a big business you would be doing things like having a review um and then doing well and getting a price rise and being rewarded for that and all these sorts of things that happen when you're in a team and you're being told what to do and you can kind of check this off and check that off and it's measurable so it's really important to create that within your own business so that you can keep yourself accountable for what you have already done and achieved and even down to giving yourself, you know, a pay increase or reviewing what you did that year and going, you know, you did really well. I mean, that's what I do and that's how I keep myself forward focusing. Like, Sophie, you yeah. kicked ass last year. You deserve a pay rise. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. now what do we do to facilitate that pay rise? Then it's a price rise or we need to make our service better so we can get more clients or whatever it is. But feeding and, and feeding yourself first and working the rest out later because you are the most important person in your business because you are it so absolutely you can get get so far down the line like you said oh gosh it's so long ago I can't even remember you can get so far down the line that you can forget what it took to get there yeah yeah it's a lot and that can happen in a really short space of time (laughs) like you can forget even six months of growth in your business and um yeah and the look back and and reassessment of of everything and just a time to reflect on on your your the you know your years or or months or days or weeks um it's invaluable and what you've achieved in that time it can be so great mm-hmm. well thank you so much nina for chatting always love chatting to you i'll leave it's an absolute pleasure so before I let you go uh, can you just remind everyone where they can find you and um, maybe perhaps if they're interested in mentoring as well yeah so I am mostly on Nina Gox photography on Instagram um, or you can find me on ninagox.com which is n-i-n-a-g-o-k-s um yeah, and I do I do offer some mentoring. I should be probably offering mentoring from February again because I think I'll start that before I come back to actually shooting. Mm-hmm. Um and there'll be there'll be some packages coming up, so that's that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you again for your time and I wish you all the best over this next little while um as you transition into a mother of two. Thank you so much. I'm excited. All right, lovely. Well, I'll chat to you soon. Have a lovely day. You too.